Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 8 The Red Panda's days are numbered, boomed a voice from the darkened stage. The echo played around the walls, revealing the room to be large and open. The murmur of voices in the room beyond stilled quickly as the speaker stepped into the small pool of half-light. The murmur began anew as the assembled men scattered in the darkened space recognized the speaker. He was less immaculate than had once been his custom and bore a long scar running the length of his face, but it was unmistakably Malcolm, formerly the right-hand man of the Sclarelli crime family. Once that position alone would have cowed the thugs assembled in the darkness, but now that Vic Sclarelli had joined his Uncle Tony in a federal pen along with most of the surviving members of the gang, there were derisive snorts at this bold statement. Malcolm called to a lieutenant on the catwalk above. Simon, a little light on this subject, if you please. A thin voice protested from above. But Mr. Malcolm, the heat, you let me worry about the police, Simon. You just worry about me, Malcolm clipped angrily. It would be impossible for him to impose discipline on the loose assembly in the darkness beyond if he were contradicted by his own men. Yes, sir, the voice called, and with a clunk the light sputtered and buzzed back to life, revealing a crowd of fifty thugs in the great hall of the Hi-Hat Club. It had only been two weeks since the capture of Big Joe Tenuti, but they had not been kind to the once opulent club. Little was left intact following the police raids and subsequent searches. Tables were smashed and overturned, and the long bar had been broken apart by police sledgehammers, supposedly searching for hidden panels. The club had been seized, boarded up, and put on the market at once. But even with the dearth of gangland leaders left at large, few in the city would have dared to purchase and occupy the former stronghold. Scroungers had been the next wave through, stripping anything portable that might have value, however slight. There weren't more than a half-dozen working lights left in the place, and they only remained because they were far out of reach. But it was enough to illuminate the crowd of low-level soldiers and unaffiliated goons. Malcolm smiled. He had been an underworld leader for too long not to have accepted one of the great truths of the criminal class. They are cowards to a man. Even now he felt sure they would scarcely dare to defy him openly in the light. The impatient rhubarb faded at once, and Malcolm continued. There was a time, he said with a mock gentle tone, when there was more than enough to go around in this city, when independent operations could compete, stay strong, and still make a pretty penny. Those days are, for the moment, behind us. Another murmur rose from the crowd. Malcolm ignored it. Just look around you. Can anyone here see more than half a dozen men he counted among his allies a year ago? There was silence in the hall. We kept our independence, our own interests, our old grudges. We kept working to take each other out of the game like there wasn't something new at our heels. The Red Panda exploited those rivalries and used them to destroy us. Those of us who are left must stand together, or we won't stand at all. Malcolm was hitting his stride now. One city, one gang, and profits enough for all. What about the Golden Claw? called a voice from the hall. A murmur ran through the crowd. 
Malcolm looked up in anger to see that the call had come from Hook Henderson, once a soldier for the underworld queen who had taken the name Golden Claw. Henderson strode forward into the open space before the stage, addressing the crowd of hoods and the man on the stage equally. You all remember the Claw. She tied all the rackets in town under one big operation. The gang she didn't take over outright all paid her tribute to keep their operations running. Even the Sclarelli mob, Henderson said with a sneer towards the stage. It was the biggest, the most organized mob the city's ever seen. Even if you do say so yourself, Malcolm interjected wryly to the amusement of some in the crowd. Laugh it up if you want, Mr. Malcolm, but in her day, when the Golden Claw said jump, you jumped. Just like every man Jack here. And where is she now? Hook Henderson called to the crowd. In a federal pen, that's where. And word is she'll grow old and die there, all because of the man in the mask. If the Golden Claws outfit couldn't stand up to the Red Panda, what chance does this bunch have? The crowd was becoming agitated. They obviously agreed with Henderson. Malcolm would have to do something unexpected. Mr. Henderson is right, he called. The crowd fell silent, baffled. The Golden Claw built the best organization I've ever seen in a lifetime in the rackets, but those do-gooders took her down because she was trying to run the whole city without ever taking care of the masked man and his girlfriend. That's why this group will succeed where everyone else has failed, because before we take care of business, we'll take care of the Red Panda. There was an excited buzz throughout the crowd. Everyone was clearly in agreement, but it didn't seem possible. He ain't human, called a voice. I pumped five shots into him once and he didn't go down, cried another. Him? What about her? said a third voice. He's tough, but she's just mean. There was a general murmur of agreement. Oh, no, came a mocking voice from the stage right wings. Save us all from the big bad panda. And don't make us fight the little girl in the squirrel suit. Oh, boo-hoo. The voice dissolved into a burble of laughter as the speaker stepped from the shadows and onto the stage. Who the hell is that? called a voice from the end of the hall. There was an excited buzz which was quickly drowned out by the drawing and cocking of firearms. Oh, mercy! You're all tough as nails now, aren't you? said the small man with a wicked grin and a pleasingly round face. You could pull those triggers right now, I suppose. But that would probably knock my little thumb off this detonator. The little man whipped forth a bright green apparatus with a large red button at the top, which he held down with the thumb of his right hand. He began to giggle as he watched the faces of the assembled mobsters. You see, the whole room is wired. I can bring this entire place down on top of you. Nobody double-crosses Kid Chaos. The reaction was immediate. Kid Chaos? What, the nutjob with the bombs? I thought he was dead. I heard he was in the psycho ward. You were both right, said the little man, beaming with delight at his own fame. But I got better! He exploded again into laughter. Malcolm stepped in to grab back the reins. Since our new associate has taken the liberty of introducing himself, new associate, came a voice from the hall, that maniac, as you say... Not only must we set aside old grievances, old ways, and unite into one super mob if we are to have a hope of defeating the Red Panda, but we must also look for new blood, new ideas. A buzz of disbelief ran through the hall. Malcolm ignored it. 
The sheer audacity of Kid Chaos's work makes him a force to be reckoned with, as does the fact that he is tangled with the man in the mask again and again, and somehow keeps coming back for more. The little man smiled shyly. Truly, I am a wonder, he said, and began quietly disarming his own explosive device. Indeed, Malcolm continued his voice stern. What he has lacked is proper support and effective long-term planning. He has no sense of the delicate art of wringing every last dollar from the city. And you want us to join up with this freak? It was Henderson again. No, Mr. Henderson, Kid Chaos is joining us. His creativity makes him a valuable member of our team. All of us, working together for a common goal, can eliminate the Red Panda and the Flying Squirrel, and with no outside rivals, we can bleed this city dry. The tone of the murmur had changed. Malcolm was clearly persuading them. Still one voice bleated its dissent. But Mr. Malcolm, Henderson began, there's one thing you haven't thought of. And what is that? Malcolm glared from the stage. Foot soldiers. It's true, you got all the makings of a swell organization here. A lot of sharp guys, career types. But there ain't a lot of gorillas left to do the dirty work. You got a few here, and I can think of six or eight more. But if you're going to bring the whole city to heel, we're going to need a lot more muscle. I think this is where I come in, a hard voice sang from the wings, a woman's voice. The assembled crowd of hoods buzzed once more as a dark-haired woman strode forth from the shadows, a long, deep green cloak billowing as she moved and clinging to her ample yet shapely form. She might have been as old as forty, though something in her face defied such analysis. Gentlemen, Malcolm said with a pleased sneer, you all know Professor Zombie... The effect on the room was immediate. Every man in the crowd took two quick steps back without realizing they had done so. Had the devil himself walked onto the stage, they might have taken as many as three. Malcolm continued, scientist, visionary, mistress of the necromantic arts. Her scientific analysis of ancient voodoo magic allows her to leech away the higher powers of life, leaving only a shell behind to do her bidding. She has created a small army of these zombies for the very purpose Mr. Henderson outlined. They may not be terribly bright, the woman interrupted, but they're very determined and unquestionably loyal. Their pain threshold is off the charts, their strength twice that of a normal man, and best of all, they don't ask for a cut of the take. The crowd was convinced. Now she was speaking their language. Malcolm stepped into center stage, his arms raised above his head in triumph. Gentlemen, I give you the crime cabal, he roared to thunderous applause. You can listen to classical and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night!